ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurt. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio. ESPN 690. <laughs> Y'all fired up, Aaron. I like it. Is that fired up? <laughs> Yeah, that's how that is. I was fired up before you got on the air. Uh, that's right. Uh, Brent Mar- it's kind of a weird start to the show, right? We had Tony Khan. It was very frantic, and then it got not frantic. <laughs> and then I waited for a half hour at a sandwich shop. We call the show Brent and Friends, and, uh, well, we got a lot of them today. Oh, yeah. And we're just claiming friends at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not even, we're not even sure they really are, but we're claiming really them. Really low bar for friendship <laughs> on this Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a heck of a week involved in that. Jordan DeLugo will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Ducky Betts is coming on 530. we got a lot of fun. Calls. A lot of producing going on for Casey Kurtz. I'm Brett Martin. No, yeah. Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter. A lot of producing going on for him as well. And our latest friend who who, who might not even claim us uh, is a former Philadelphia Eagle, Vince Papali. You know that name because, well, you've probably seen the movie Invincible. Here was the guy who was the inspiration behind it. And as we know it, he's coming to town this weekend. Good buddies with Doug Peterson oh. from the Eagles days. Vince, glad to have you on the show, man. Hey, great to be on the show. Thanks, Brett, Aaron, and everybody else. This is pretty cool. I will be your friend. I'm your friend forever now. <laughs> if, well, a cool friend to have. If you're associated with the Jags and Doug Peterson, we're all in, man. We're family. That I, I love Doug and the, and the Peterson family. We've been together as friends when he was a player coming from Green Bay to the Eagles in 99. And uh, kids grew up together. It's, it's just great. I can't wait to be up there for the game. But we have something really important. That's for the J-Fund. So, you know, all good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a J-Fund weekend. We're going to have that on ESPN 690 Game Day Live on Sunday morning as well. A couple of kids are, are going to uh, join us on that show. And a couple of kids from the J-Fund also going to be a part of the coin toss between the Giants and the Jaguars. Oh, cool. Of course, the Tom Coughlin okay. J-Fund. Uh, give us a quick little story of you mentioned you know him all the way back from the playing days. Obviously, everybody knows Vince Papali in Philadelphia. So, is it just because you were hanging around? Were you in the same neighborhood? How did you know Doug? <laughs> well, I, when we were living in Philly, a suburban Philly, a little town called Cherry Hill on the other side of the river, the dark side, they always say. And uh, Doug had come in, and uh, when he when he came in in '99, he had come back. Andy was out there with. Um, I guess with uh, the Kansas City, so he came. No, Andy was with the Eagles, mm-hmm. so he came from uh, wherever. No, Green Bay. That's right to to the Eagles, and uh, so he he goes to his buddy, um, who we that, that my wife Janet, who's a realtor, uh, went to his buddy because uh, he bought a house from her and said, you know, who the heck do you buy a house from here in Philadelphia? So hey, you know, you go to Janet Papali, and so um, that that was it. So Janet actually started the friendship. Uh, became real good friends with uh, Doug's wife, Jeannie, and uh, and that, of course, the relationship formed with him and me and the, the relationship I had with the Eagles and the alumni and all that, and we just stayed with Doug ever since, you know, and, and from a realtor sense, uh, you know, from he's, he's down here in Jupiter where I am right now and up to up in Jacksonville, Janice has been with them and, and part of the Peterson team, so we're really, really excited about Doug 
being uh, again back on the sideline where he belongs and you know a little surprised that uh, the Eagles decided to let him go but hey you know right now it looks like <laughs> everything's good <laughs> six and no nobody's complaining but you know we're, we're excited about Doug and and I know he's got a, he's got a great team with great potential and you know some guys just uh, keep their discipline and and don't make stupid mistakes uh, they could have come away with a couple more wins and instead of losses so you know it's what it is yeah, Vince uh, Papali with us here on ESPN 690. Brent and Friends, uh, along with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. I'm Brent Martineau. And it's interesting to hear you talk like that about uh, Doug Peterson. I have said countless times since he joined, especially coming off last year, uh, that it is just the perfect coach at the perfect time. I, I think I've been so impressed with his offensive ability and to get guys open. I, I, I say Doug Peterson's probably 5-1 and one as the head coach of the Jaguars, and the players, unfortunately, are 2-4 and four right now. Uh, this right. this I'm, are you as surprised as I am that he didn't get more looks this offseason with all the coaching changes in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I guess so. You know, it was, it was sort of surprising. But, uh, you know, we had a, he had a couple where I'm, uh, you know, I'm certainly not in a position to disclose it. But, you know, we had a couple good looks and maybe opportunity or two. But it was just perfect up there, you know, and with, with Shad and the ownership and, and everything else and the general manager of giving Doug basically a, a free reign, you know, with the draft and personnel and those kinds of things. And, you know, Doug knows what he likes. Uh, you know, he likes that running game, you know, but, but he still likes to get that ball around. And with Trevor, I mean, there, there's a kid potential that's beyond, you know, untapped potential. And right now, you know, Doug is, is a very, very patient guy. He's a teacher. And uh, the Doug was a high school coach. You know, in between when he was playing and, and, and then coming back into the coaching ranks, he went back, believe it or not, to his alma mater in high school. And, and started coaching high school football. So Doug's a teacher. He's very patient. Um, you know, he'll tolerate uh, mistakes, unforced errors to a certain extent, you know, uh, publicly. But, you know, I'm sure uh, back behind the scenes there's been a discussion or two. But you're right. You know, Doug Peterson's 4-1 and one right now, and, and it's a gosh darn shame. But, hey, man, we're, we're excited about the Giants because the Giants are coming in 5-1 uh, and one and, you know, right on the tails of the Eagles. So, you know Vince it's interesting you talk about knowing Doug for so long and uh, you talk about him being a teacher and being patient I imagine these traits aren't something that just came to him in the last couple of years right he was probably like this when you knew him in his younger days as well was he not yeah absolutely you know and and, and my son is a is a player and you know he's had he's had, he has, he's had a couple of sons uh, that were that were players and uh you know, Doug coaching them throughout their formative years and then him working with, with my son, Vinny. And, you know, I just saw him in operation and, and just see how, how patient he is. But, you know, the key about Doug is he's really hard on fundamentals. And, uh, you know, except for the Philly, Philly in the Super Bowl, you know, not a lot of frills, you know. Let's just get after it and play football. And, um, and, and you know, once the fans get to understand Doug and, and his style, uh, and they're going to love the guy and, you know, and then when Trevor gets this full year behind him, uh, with Doug Peterson as his mentor, with somebody who knows how to call an offense, how to run an offense, how to set up an offense, and and, he, and he's got a really uh, fine-looking defense. It's just a matter; it's going to get better. Just can't make those third-down and long situations and mistakes that uh, you know hurt him. Well, and just... uh, you know, but it's there. It, it's there. And they know it's there. It's just a matter. Hey, the Giants could be the one that just springs the springs the leak and oh, we certainly and hope so. Into a dance, you know, <laughs> into a waterfall. I was just saying because in between those lines of patience, 
you do see Doug get itching to go for it a lot, right? Especially on fourth oh. down. Was that <laughs> yeah. was that part of his personality as you grew up and, and knew him, or is this something he kind of acquired as he went through the coaching yeah. ranks? Hell yes, Doug would go for it in the minus red zone if he had to. You know, he's not, he's not looking at all these stats. You know, it's a gut feeling, but you can expect any time that ball's in the in the plus territory on the on the plus side of the fifty yard line, and it's a fourth down. Uh, I, I'm a, almost guaranteed that Doug's going to go for oh, it. Yeah. It's not even a question. Don't even, don't, you know, the kicker, don't even think about warming up. No. <laughs> Yards to go? Who cares? Is it fourth down? Get him out there. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> In the minus red zone. That's a great quote uh, from Vince Papali, who's with us here on Britain Friends on ESPN 690. We appreciate taking some time. You know, obviously your story is well chronicled in the movie Invincible. And uh-huh. I, I, I've got to believe you're on a card show, right? Uh, in Virginia right now? Is that well, where you're Well, I am. Yeah, I'm fly- actually, I'm flying out tomorrow morning to uh, Chantilly for the card show. Okay. And then Saturday, uh, Saturday, I have a flight, a direct flight, believe it or not, from uh, from D.C. into Jacksonville, where I'm going to hook up with my my wife, Janet, the love interest of my movie, who is not a Giants fan, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and so and she'll be rooting for the Jags. Uh, Janet, Janet, by the way, was a world-class uh, USA cl- uh, gymnast on that same team as Kathy Rigby back in the Munich days. So, wow. you know, that's, that's yeah. her background. So, you know, we're going to meet up with them, and my, and, and my, my, uh, my daughter Gabriella is coming up, and, uh, you know, we're going to do some stuff with the J-Fun, and I'm real excited about doing that because it's something near and dear to my heart, and it's pediatric cancer. When I first became a, Brent, when I first became a Philadelphia Eagle, the thing that was, was given to us as a gift was what's called the Eagle's Fly Leukemia, and you have Children's Hospital, and they had this oncology wing for children. And, 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 you know, leukemia was the big thing. And, the, you know, the survival rate might have back then maybe been 20%, 25 30%. Now because of research, because of guys like Tom Coughlin, the J-Fund, Eagles Fly, whatever it might be, uh, this recovery rate or th- th- this um, rate of, re- of, of, of getting cured is up around 75 80%. And it's all because of the funds that are enabling them to do the research to get there. So, you know, this is new for me with Tom Coughlin. Uh, you know, he busted our, our chops a few times with some <laughs> Super Bowl wins, but, uh, you know, I can't wait to team up with the man because what he's doing is near and dear to my heart. And, you know, you would think it's, it's a family kind of a thing, you know, but it all started with the ball player of his when he was at Boston College, you know, when he was coaching back in the day. And yeah. he's been, and what, what's about 16, 18 million dollars? That he's raised, raised for scholarships. I mean, you know, I mean, how great is that? That's, yeah, yeah. that's phenomenal. They so I'm looking them. forward to meeting Tom and and getting to know the people in Jacksonville because you're going to see me an awful lot well, up I've, in Jacksonville I, as the years go on. I have the feeling we will. I mean, you're locked in on the Jags, which I like because you know exactly what they've been doing week in, week out. But you're yeah. right about Tom Coughlin. This is a great opportunity to say the J-Fund and, and so many folks around here know what it's impacted and, and the work that Tom Coughlin has done. And while he's recognized as a football coach and a Super Bowl winning football coach a couple of times, he will be a Hall of Famer. Uh, so many mm-hmm. folks in this area, in the New York area, know that this is a, a big part, maybe the biggest part of his legacy. So it's gl- I'm glad you were able to point that out. But speaking of legacy, Vince, uh, are, are, do you get surprised whether it's at a card show or us talking to you or a uh, reminiscence of the movie with Mark Wahlberg, which Ash, maybe we'll ask you a little bit more about in a moment, that some, uh-huh. what, 50 years later, 
that almost that that you're still celebrated, remembered uh, in in the way you are for what you accomplished. A guy that didn't. He's the but, pioneer. But He's played, the average he Joe guy. He's the average Joe guy. Played one year of high school football. Every, no years of college every football. football fan watching football who goes, I can do that. Looks yeah. at Vince and goes, See, I can do that. But isn't that cool? Are you surprised that still resonates all these years later? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, thanks to the movie, and also thanks to the popularity of, of Mark Wahlberg. I mean, the guy's always right on top of the scene. He's out there, and, you know, it's synonymous, the name Mark Wahlberg and Invincible. And I think because of his popularity uh, that the, the movie uh, has gained, has not decreased at, at all, and, and I heard it right now that's going on Netflix. Uh, so that that's pretty huge. But, uh, yeah, I, I am surprised, and no matter where I go, whatever I do, and people come up, and you know, it was really funny when, when they call me a legend. Yeah, like in my own mind, you know, <laughs> you've heard that one before. But uh, it's so cool, and I just I just spent three weeks up in Philly. I was at the I was I started with the Jags game in the rain, you know, and and, and uh, just finished up for the Cowboys game the other night, and then just came into Jupiter uh, just yesterday. But you know, just walking around Philadelphia, it's absolutely insane. And walking through the streets of Philadelphia uh, with the Phillies going on, you know, and everybody's out. Uh, it, it was pretty cool. So um, I'm blessed. Uh, thank you, Lester Stallone and Rocky. It all started uh, because I was always the real life Rocky. And so when the Rocky movie turned 25, ESPN Monday Night Football with Stuart Scott and Ron Jaworski, uh, there was a feature comparing me to Rocky. And the next thing you know, uh, movie comes out two years later. Mark Wahlberg is me. He's fantastic. He's a great guy. He worked so hard. Uh, he really, uh, really embraced me, our family, the movie, uh, Philadelphia. He's loved in Philadelphia. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. It's been it's since 06 since the sucker came out. And I'm still pinching myself. And here I am. You know, I'm, I'm down here in, in, Jupiter brought it for crying out loud. For the rest of my life, I'm a Floridian now. <laughs> and, and it all started because somebody asked me to come back and do something for law enforcement to do a speech seven years ago. And once we got down here, and my wife Janet, when I met her, lived in Boynton, you know, a little bit south here from here. And, uh, you know, we always, we always dreamed of coming back. And now Gabby, my daughter's 28, my son Vinny's in the USFL, 25. And this is the perfect spot for us. It's paradise. And, uh, and Jacksonville is going to become, for me, it's just going to become my next-door neighbor because we're going to be putting a lot of miles on 95 between here and there. Absolutely. Uh, Vince Papali with us here at ESPN 690, Brenton Friends. I, I want you to, I was just in Philly for that game. And if you're walking down, Philly fans obviously can be just absolutely nuts. And a lot of people, you're, you're totally, they love you everywhere you go. Like you have nothing negative on the Philly fan base. They absolutely in, endeared yourself uh, to that base. If you're walking down Market Street, what's it like? I mean, does everybody know who you are? Do they, I mean, this is a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, if they're in, in, in that age, you know, in the 40s and 50s, you know. Most of them will know, you know, because they've seen them and stuff like that. I, I can say I don't buy too many beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it's crazy, you know, because I, I was a 10-year season ticket holder. Uh, you know, I taught. Uh, the real story was I was a, I went back to my alma mater, was a, was a track guy trying to qualify for the Olympic trials in the decathlon. And at the same time, playing in the rough touch things. And when, when, when I couldn't get my track thing finished, and I was working on my master's degree. I was head track coach. I mean, I was six years doing all this. And then I got pissed off, started playing semi-pro football. And that's when I and I'm still a season ticket holder. And that, just what you said right in the beginning, Brent, 
you know, hey, I can do this, but you got to get the shot, man. And the shot was, who was the shot? Dick Vermeil gave me the chance of a lifetime. I go to my high school coach. I said, everybody's breaking my chops. He said, here's a great quote for y'all. Happy are those who dream dreams and are willing to pay the price to make them come true. And I always say when I'm out giving a speech, are you willing to sacrifice what it takes to get there and are you willing to pay the price? If not, forget about it. You're not going to make it. You know, so just don't even think about trying it. And, um, hey, but I got the shot, you know, and there's Dick Vermeil now in the Hall of Fame. I get invited to go to the Hall of Fame by Dick Vermeil. Are Very you cool. kidding me? Yeah. And I'm there with family for crying. I could send you a picture, you know, of my family. You can put it up there on your on your website, you know, yeah. of us there with Coach Vermeil. I mean, it's like, for me, one of the proudest moments of my life that I could be associated with this man. But, you know, once you become a, a Dick Vermeil guy, like a Tom Coughlin guy, once you become a Doug Peterson guy, you're there forever and, and your family. And, and, you know, they're that other breed of coaches aren't there just to, okay, let's, you know, just win football. It's also the development of the player, the development of their attitude, of their personality, uh, all those things combined. And God darn if we don't need it right now with the storm uh, that's going through our country. And, uh, you know, we need positive people like that. And Dick Vermeil is as energetic as he was back in 76 when he gave me the shot. It sounds like a hugely impactful moment in your life, but I got to imagine the phone call from whoever it was to you or your people telling them they want to make this movie was pretty impactful. What was that like? Who, who made that call? Who'd they reach out to? Well, it, it was cool how they did it, actually. Um, what what had happened was they showed the feature comparing me to Rocky and, and their draws are breaking my chops. And the feature came out next thing you know, on Monday, on, on the next morning, Tuesday morning, there's seven or eight uh, studios and producers giving us a call. Oh, wow. And um, so we had to determine which one was which. Yeah, and how do you do that? Do you, like, put them up on the big board, like in the draft room or something like that? You try to figure out which studio to go with? Well, you know, you get people, and it's, you know, it, it, people don't do it for free. Uh, and we do it for, uh, we, we did it, and, and we came up with Ken Bach, who uh, was one of the first guys to ever do reality TV, and he also created America's Next Top Model. And he said, you know what, we're going to do what nobody else is going to do. We're going to write spec script. And he got Brad Gann, who wrote the Oscar De La Hoya story, which uh, was got out onto the, uh, onto the screen. And, and, and they went and they wrote the script. And then they gave the script to six or eight or ten producers who took it around Hollywood. And the two guys that did Miracle and Rookie, right, two of the best mm, sports movies great sports ever. movies, yeah. Especially Miracle, Mark Giardi and Gordon Gray. And these guys are my buddies today. They took it to Disney. And as soon as Disney saw it, and based on the success they had with those other two movies and a few, what they'd done, Secretariat, you know, and, and whatever, and based upon their success, said, this is the one. And uh, that happened in 2004, and that's when I made my primal screen because yeah. I got the call from Disney, and they say, you now are basically our property. Yeah. We own you. Now you talk about a you talk about a short thing, though. Like, you get linked up with Disney. Chances are you're not putting out a stinker. Even if it's, like, no. mediocre, you're breaking all kinds of records on that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. We had, two, we, had, we had two premieres, one in New York, one in Philadelphia. Amazing. That was off the charts. Mike, Michael Irvin was at the Philadelphia one, you know, and, 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 and Michael Strahan at the new one, New York one, and... 
and we, we just, uh, there were so many, it was, it was insane, cool. it was crazy. Vin, yeah, here we are, you know, and I'm going to help hopefully raise some money for the J-Phone. Yeah, Vince, you know, it's really cool, and we're going to let you go, but uh, it's neat to see your appreciation and gratitude for your own story, almost, and, and how it's come to fruition this way in your life. Uh, I mean, we can feel that. That's kind of a neat thing. And uh, I know uh, Tom Coughlin, J-Phone, is very happy to have you up here this weekend for the Giants and Jaguars game, so thanks for your support of, of that fantastic cause, and look forward to seeing you this weekend uh, at TIA Bankfield for the Jags game. Hopefully a W for your uh, your buddy Doug Peterson. Uh, I'll be looking forward to our reach out to you. I hope we get a chance to meet you eventually or finally. All right. Thanks, Vince. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks. That is uh, Vince Papali, and uh, and you can feel that energy. Huh? Pretty cool. Good stuff. If you missed the early part of that interview, fantastic stuff on Doug Peterson. Yeah. Knows him really well. Oh, yeah. They seem like best buds. Yeah, like knows, knows him so well that he, he had to be a little careful to say too much. <laughs> You get, you get a feel for that? Don't you get the feeling like everyone we talk to who knows Doug further than just this is a guy I see on TV. People who know this man personally, they all love him and swear by this guy. That's really hard to find. Tell you, I can tell you stories of people inside the Jags building that had reached out to people inside the Philadelphia building who absolutely adore him. Love him. Like, going to be great to work, all this stuff. And that is a constant thing. That's Obviously, great. he's good buddies with Papali, so you figure he would say some nice things. Sure, but, but we all get know there. We I get there, it, right? You know, we yeah. And, uh, and I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on learning about Doug Peterson. I don't think he's had time yet to even kind of wrap himself and immerse yeah, himself in the community. Here, yeah. uh, which say, he will do. Find me someone who goes, oh, Doug, he's all right. Yeah, well, and that scene in Philadelphia after the game mm -hmm. was, it sticks out in your mind how yeah. his players were impacted by his presence and coaching and being around him. So there's a lot of good things. And, and I told Tony Khan this earlier today when we were with him. I said, you got the perfect guy at the perfect time. Mm. You know, you can't dismiss that about the Jacksonville Jaguars. They needed yep. Doug Peterson. Yeah, his Probably kind, more than Doug Peterson his, needed the Jacks. His type of influence, yes, yes, in the wake of what Urban left behind him. Yeah, yeah no doubt. All right, let's talk some more football. Uh, been a fun day already here on Brent Friends on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. ESPN 690. I know what you're thinking. Casey Kurtz, where you been? Don't worry. I've been here. I've been letting the real radio professionals. Oh, thank goodness. Hold down the interviews that we've had today. Tony Khan, Vince Papali. You can find them on the podcast. Friend, friends, Action Sports Jack. Search them both wherever you get your podcast. You can find it. Also, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, which is where we are doing the show. Aaron Schachter. Yo, yo. Where you been, dog? It's been like a couple of days, right? Three days. Like, you're nowhere to be found. Yeah, my wife, uh, she runs a business. Does she? Yeah, I mean, I work in radio, so someone's got to make the money. In, That's so for sure. We chose it to be her. But, uh, you know, her business had, a, like, a convention where they all went away to Nashville for a couple of days. So I had the kids all to myself, and I'll be honest with you, I know a couple of guys out there feel the same way. When my wife goes out of town, I like to take a couple of days off of work and enjoy the lonesomeness. That's what I did last couple of days. Wasn't it your anniversary or something? I can't hear you because Casey's a good producer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it's not Casey's fault. Don't get mad, Casey. I didn't do anything. I just sat here. Look how mad he is now. So bright in that room. Did what you have you a good ask? hiatus? Oh, I had a great. I mean, aside from all the work you guys tried to make me do, I yeah, said it I wasn't. A, I said it wasn't a, your anniversary. 
No, it wasn't my anniversary. Uh, uh, yesterday was her birthday, though. Oh, that's what I saw. It was her birthday. Yeah, it was her birthday. And so... Because uh, you were simping on the gram. <laughs> well, I said to her, what at like 10 o'clock, it means I was being a... Uh, a um, simp. It, it, it means... Uh, it means my manhood was in her purse. Oh. <laughs> so basically, I say to her at like 10 in the morning, she's flying back from Nashville. I was like, hey, are you going to be all right if I don't do like a big Facebook and Instagram thing? Like, I hate, hate doing posts like that. Like, excuse me, world. Excuse me. I need to stop everybody and let you know I have a wife and I love her to death. Like, is this really necessary? And she goes like this. She goes... Well, you never do, so what does it matter? <laughs> so now so now you, I got to. She broke you. Yes, now I got to. Well, <laughs> I do. The point is, Brent, if you look through the memories, I do every year. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fine. And I put it on Instagram. I bought her a birthday present a while back. She had told me months ago she saw this air fryer she liked. So I bought this air fryer. There's no slouch of an air fryer. Like, it's emerald branded and stuff. <laughs> Not emerald, but emerald Lagasse. But it was expensive. It wasn't cheap now. And I and I held it under my, you know, I held it under the vest, uh, nice and, and quiet as a secret for a while. It comes in the mail two days before she leaves for this thing. So I'm like, hey, your present's here if you want to open it early. And she looks at it, and on the box it says what it is. She goes, oh. And I was like, what? And she goes, well, we already have an air fryer. I was like, but you said you wanted this one. And she didn't like it. So long story short, I got her plan B. Anyone want to guess what the birthday present plan B was? Hold on. I want you to clarify. Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> Okay. Brent, I already told him. So you want to guess what the plan B was? The first one was an air fryer? Plan B. Random uh, guess? Flowers. Flowers is a good one. I did buy flowers. But she's not a flowers lady. Okay, I appreciate I, that. I did it anyway. I wanted her to feel good when she came home. I had birthday cards and flowers laid out. I bought her a chainsaw. <laughs> a 16-inch battery-powered chainsaw. By request. For what? That's what I said. What do you need a chainsaw for? Am I in trouble? Do it, I yes. said, should I, I would, say this on the radio? How did you sleep last night? <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, should I say this on the radio so someone has evidence when the court case comes up? She says, the Sago Palms in the backyard. I'm like, what is wrong with this woman? She wants a big chainsaw for Sago Palms? <laughs> I think she just likes power tools. <laughs> she wanted a leaf blower last year. I got her a leaf blower. <laughs> you got a leaf, a leaf blower. blower leaf blower, chainsaw. <laughs> What's next? Do we get Tim Tooltime <laughs> Allen tell me what to get her I for was, Christmas? I was figuring... I was figuring Casey was going to jump in there and just be like, nah, she just likes tools. <laughs> Might no be the go, funniest Casey. thing you've ever said. Come on, Casey. I was like, low-hanging fruit for nah, you. You, missed the lo- you both missed the low-hanging fruit, which is where I stopped. Hey, yeah, I know. Well, we can't go there. Or we're not going there. That is amazing that you got chainsaw. the last two gifts. Leap blower and chainsaw. And by the I way, like your wife. I've never she, met her, but I like her. She got the chainsaw while I was walking the hallway <laughs> earlier. Be careful saying yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> I was walking the hallway. She gets the chainsaw. She calls me up. She has the biggest smile on her face. Like, I made her year with this chainsaw. That is awesome. I tried to buy her a small one, like a lady's chainsaw. Man, she got, <laughs> she got so mad. <laughs> ladies' chainsaw. Give me the real thing. I don't like, think they make a ladies. Well, they make like a 12 inch. Right, no, it's lighter. I thought you were going to tell me it was like pink or something. No, 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 no. Well, I'm sure they make that. But this one's lighter weight. And they said in the reviews, they're like, it's good for the ladies because it's easier to maneuver. It's less. She goes, no, get me the 16 inch chainsaw. I can just about guarantee you this. All right. If there's a woman that wants a chainsaw, mm-hmm. she doesn't want the ladies version. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's no way. If you're getting a chainsaw, why mess around, right? Just go for it. It's a great question, though. Casey, are you gone this deep yet? Do you have to... Are you on Facebook? (laughs) 
Like, see, do you the have most to, boomery thing I've ever heard anybody say. Do you have to Are say, you aware of the Facebook? Well, I mean, I don't know. Does 25-year-old Casey go on Facebook? He's on Facebook. I don't go on much, but I have it, yes. Okay, so do you have, four. has he felt the pressure yet to say oh, happy to anniversary post. or happy do the public birthday. posts? Do you do that happy anniversary, happy birthday stuff? I haven't had an anniversary yet. And, well, a wedding anniversary. But, yeah, but we used to do that on the gram. Yeah. All right, so on Instagram, do you, do you go all in? Does it get sappy? I used to. Yeah. yeah. When we were, in, like, in high school and stuff. Mm. Now but, you're an adult. Yeah, yeah. not mm. so much anymore. I mean, you got to do it sometimes. It's it's a good thing to do. Like, I'm not I'm not hammering it. Yeah, I'll I do it in March. I, I don't think I do it all wedding. the time. It made me feel like an idiot. You know what I do? Like, I've done it a couple times, and then I'll I share like the memory. I try to help. <laughs> <laughs> the laziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, hey, remember when I was sweet? Let's just pretend I did that again. Yeah, so I don't have to write this again. Yeah, right? I'm with you, man. Yeah, that's it's the like way to I already do it. did this when we did our vows. Now I got to do it every year. Come on. I have told you this. I've said this before, though. My my good buddy Martin Buckley told me this. I don't even think he remembers. He told me this, but he told me this from Palm Beach Autographs. He said, and we we're talking about like how people put stuff on their social media, like almost from a negative standpoint, in athlete, like an athletic or like a student athlete mm-hmm. or whatever. And this is how the conversation came up. It was like, hey, basically, social media is a diary. Hmm. For your kids, if to, you want to, like, to check see. out the history of mom or dad, in a, in a way, it's turning into that, yeah. right? I mean, because you can go see everything. Like my kids see everything I yeah. tweet. I mean, yeah. I can't hide it from them. I, well, you do it by just tweeting so much, like they can't possibly sift through everything to find. <laughs> that is true. That's the a good way to hide stuff. it. Yeah. <laughs> the important stuff. Right, fair sight. point, though. That's a very fair point. They've probably muted me actually <laughs> on Twitter. More ways than one. Hopefully, you haven't too. But, but. I thought, I was like, you know what? That's a really good point. And so then I've started to use Facebook solely. I don't use Facebook a lot, but I use it to capture. It's almost like your photo album. Little recording milestones, sure. Yeah, like sure. to, uh, I'm for the kids. Like uh, I'll share stuff about or video of the kids or pictures of the kids or where we're at. I'm right there with you. A lot of times, not all the time. I guess sometimes you're kind of, maybe we'll even try to push the show or other things. But I don't use Facebook a lot, I don't think. But a lot of it is kid-oriented and because I think the best thing Facebook has is the memories. Yeah. To see what, like, to see the kids eight years. Like, I'll click on my memories every day. But I won't post anything every day. Yeah, no, a lot of people do You know that. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think that's the greatness of, if there's a greatness of Facebook, that's it. But someday it's probably going to go away and all my memories will be lost. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't put them in a, in a photo album anymore. Oh, so this I is a problem. I actually, like, put them in, well, they're on my phone, so I could go well, take today. Them. Yeah, but at right? some point you're going to need to pull them back onto your phone. I guess, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's how I use, like, I thought it was a really good point. It's almost like, oh, okay, that's, that's today's photo album. Is some way, shape, or form for our generation, yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's still a large group of uh, his generation who uses it as if people are asking him to make public statements on things. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. there's a way to use it. It's the same thing with Twitter. I mean, I use Twitter in a different way than some of the folks in our industry especially use it, where they just use it as a news outlet, you know? But you've got things to promote as well. Like, I'm talking about the coworker who works in the copy room having to make a statement on some social injustice because the world is clamoring to hear what you think about it. Yeah. I can't get with it. I'm too old for that, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of not a big fan of it either. But yeah. if, you know what I, I have kind of come around on? If that's what it takes to get something off your chest so you're not driving yourself crazy, go at it. You really are a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. I mean, what? But, but some people need an outlet. I mean, it's unfair for me to, to say, hey, yeah, I mean, why don't you just say it? Well, I've got three hours a day. I can say whatever the hell I want. Yeah, I guess. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's, I mean, there's I a part- there are a lot of people that need that outlet to be like, hey, I got that off my chest. I feel better now. I don't care how people respond to it. 
I just, there's so much cringy behavior going down on my social media feeds <laughs> that I keep there on purpose. Like, I literally have a group chat with my two best friends, a couple that me and my wife love, and my wife, the four of us in a group chat, and it's just posting screen caps of people we used to know <laughs> doing really cringy things. Going, <laughs> I'm sure that, uh, no, no judgment. Literally, I can pull up today's no judgment. chat, and, and we'll have two examples. And most of it is, uh, never mind, I don't want to out anybody. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it can happen. Hey, real quick, uh, because we only have a minute or two before we hit a break. Um, what about the baseball last night? 17 oh. strikeouts for the your New York Yankees. I don't know who's you, but Not somebody's me. New York hey, Yankees. Hey, my Yankees. Oh, that was such a great win, by the way, for, for, for metrics. Oh, okay. Because, metrics. hey. You don't have to strike out 17 times, and you can win. <laughs> you can just win. Right? The home run ball was prevalent yesterday. Yep. But put the ball in play a little bit, and some things happen, too. Maybe, yeah, sure. And I think there's something to be said for that. Or you chase guys early out of the game, which nobody thought Tyon would go as long as Verlander. Um, I think that's a good series. I really do. The Yankees are going to get hot somewhere along the way. They have not hit the ball well. Casey, did you see this? Like 18 out of 21 or 18 out of 22 runs are, are off the home run. But they can't get anybody on base. Like, have the I thought the Yankees have learned now why they can't win in the postseason, <laughs> and they still can't get enough people on base for when they do hit the home run that it actually counts for something. Yeah, I haven't figured it out. Just not, I guess, not smart enough to figure it out, or just don't have players that are going to do that. But yeah, they score their runs on the home run. But Brent, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I played FIFA all night. I'd <laughs> rather throw up consistently than watch the Yankees and the Astros. So I'll catch that series in the World Series, and I'll watch the Phillies and the Padres. I can't believe how hated the Astros are. I, I, don't, I don't get, get it because they were cheating. But uh, whatever. Everybody when they're playing cheats. the Yankees, they're the heroes as far as I'm concerned. They are the better team. So okay. Yeah. So everybody who hates the Astros, right? How many people? You know, Casey hates the Astros. Okay. But he sure as hell is fine with Barry Bonds being the home run champ. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What, what's up with the hypocrisy? What do you mean? I mean, they both cheated. Yeah, but in different ways. What does it matter the you way? You can't convince this because it, it matters. You can't convince me the steroid thing. Like, you could go take all the steroids you want. You're not going to be able to hit a home run in baseball. Oh, that's. It's not the home run. It's but, the recovery. Barry Bonds played until he was like 43 years old. It's also the home run leg. It can turn a 400-foot fly ball out into a 400-foot homer. But if you can't hit the 400-fly ball out, it doesn't matter anyway. So, like, you can go give random guys steroids, and it's not going to be the same result. But it's not like baseball is filled with 087 hitters. Like, these guys can well, make contact. Well, yeah, kind of is. <laughs> Especially the Yankees. Yeah. Speaking of baseball, we can get back to it later. I watched the Nolan Ryan documentary yesterday. Oh, was it good? Oh, it was fantastic. Really? And I hate this guy. You fantastic. hate him? He played well, for the Mets. He beat up Ventura. Oh, that's, that's right. That's your guy. Imagine having your and guy way, be Ventura he, who he had that the moment. Mets. Yeah, no, believe me, I, I don't have to imagine it. <laughs> By the way, he's the only guy who refused to do the documentary. <laughs> oh, Ventura was? Yeah. I don't blame him, don't by the way. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Brent and Friends is back. ESPN 690. Aaron Schachter hanging out with you guys. Brent Bartno across the table. Brent Bartno, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just watching you and Casey with these wry smiles. And, like, I wonder what just went down in the last two minutes. We physically While I was that. on the phone. Casey, I'm, I'm sure you can't. Casey was worried. I kind of have an idea. Yeah, Casey, no. Casey Believe me, worried. whatever you're thinking is not it. Oh, wow. Well, okay, then I have no idea. Because I thought I was, like, on the money. I was explaining to Casey my plans for tonight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's not even what I was talking about. We talked about something else, too. But There's was, a lot of disgust in that break. How long was that break? How long was the phone call? <laughs> hey, uh... 
we're going to go football crazy right at 5 o'clock. we got Ducky Betts coming on 5.30. Ducky! Get your kicker props ready. And uh, we also have Jordan DeLugo, so we'll go inside uh, the numbers a little bit and where the Jags, again, brought it up the top of the show. 5.6 yards per carry the Giants are allowing. I mean, that has to be a key focal point. That's an astonishing number six games into the season yeah. that they are giving up. So To be 5-1 teams... and one to have that number hanging really, out. Really, that's a great call. Yeah. I mean, And running, I, I had this tweet last week. Saints, Ravens, Jags ran for over 200 yards and all lost. I mean, the the whole run the football, stop the run. I'm giving you examples that it doesn't matter. Yeah, where's Mojo at? Like, I thought he cured all the ills. <laughs> I told him that on Monday. By the way, you can go back and listen on the podcast and on YouTube uh, to to all the interviews, of course, on Action Sports Jacks and uh, with our show. But So we'll talk more about all that stuff when it comes to this football game, which I think is a massive game. You've got to keep people engaged, Jags. I mean, you've got to keep them right there. You gotta, I think you've got to win the next two, get to four and four, because I think they're capable. That's the thing. This isn't like pie in the sky. I think we know they can win these games. They've got to be able to do it, so we'll talk more about it. Before, before we do that, just a quick couple minutes. The NBA season has started. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was a huge deal yesterday in the NBA. Paulo Bancaro, Big Magic, game. huge game. Big game. Zion Williamson, back. Good game. Big game. I think I feel like it's under the rare. You know, today is one of those days, I guess, where all the four major sports play. Yeah, it's a rare one of the days on the calendar. It does right? not happen. Uh, I don't know how many times it happens, but it does not happen. Can't be a lot, yeah. And so it's a cool sports day. I mean, you got the NFL with Thursday Night Football. You can hear it right here on ESPN 690. And then, of course, you got some Major League Baseball playoffs. NBA season just tipped off. Hockey is underway as well. But, Casey, uh, I know you and Brian Middleton talk a lot of, about hoops sometimes. We don't usually on this show. And I think that's what's significant. It caught my attention. Got the number one overall pick in Ben Caro. We know what that's like here in Jacksonville. That is an important, important pick. He looks the part, man, right away. I mean, I'm not sure he had to go 25, 9, and 5 or whatever he did. 5 and 5. Uh, you know, he didn't have to do that to be like, oh, he's the guy. But I thought it was a big moment, and I think it's a bigger moment for the entire NBA that Zion Williamson's back playing finally, and maybe he's good. Maybe he is good. Yeah, I think it is It is good to have your young superstars playing well. So, yeah, for the Magic, at least, uh, you know, the people in New Orleans, sorry, I don't really care about you, but the people in Jack or in Orlando and Jacksonville and Tampa, if you like the Magic, like that's a good first step. It looks like he made the right pick. It looks like he might be the guy. I know it's only one game in, but granted, the guy that was drafted after him, not playing He's all not going to play all year. So yeah. you're not going to have to compete at least with that problem. Yeah, true. So, yeah, I think it was a good step for the Magic. And I like their team. Obviously, you know, still work to do, but I like what they've built. And the Magic haven't been around forever, obviously. But uh, three of their biggest draft picks in the history of the franchise outside of this past year's pick, Shaq, Penny, Dwight Howard, right? Mm-hmm. All of them scored 12 in their debut. I thought that was a weird stat. That is interesting. And then here comes Paolo, 25-5-5. That just shows you what a big game it was for this guy. You know, is so it was the biggest game, I think. I don't know if you guys haven't mentioned this yet, but LeBron, first time since LeBron James. Since LeBron. Right? LeBron James. Uh, which is significant. And you just, that was interesting. I didn't see that stat, by the way, yeah. in those other number one guys. Like, Orlando Magic have to change, man. You mm. talk about, like, I've talked about the Jags, and we talk about the Jags, how bad they are but over the years. But the NFL shield is so big. The, the irrelevant franchises in the state of Florida have been really the Orlando Magic and well, I would say the Florida Panthers because I don't even think they exist. So, <laughs> but trash organization. But I mean, Orlando in a big market. Hey, you could you could possibly of, lump the Marlins into that a little bit. 
Yeah, but I, I don't know. They had Derek Jeter. They, they've had some catastrophe there that people, I mean, they've had good players. Oh, been to the series. I mean, they, they, they traded win? away a few. They, they've the won, twice. won twice. twice. They've won okay. twice. Like, the Rays have been good recently. I'm, I'm saying everybody's <sighs> had their issues. Mm-hmm. But Orlando's in this huge market in the center of the state in a destination place, and the Magic have been just brutal. They're yeah. a wee bit poopy. Yeah, the, uh, the, they get they get almost close to being close, and then it all falls That's apart every time. That's very accurate. Almost close to being close. Because they've been to the finals once. Yes. It's been a minute. But, like, you're not even getting close in off years. No, but now they have dudes that are young and good. Like, before, you had, like, Fournier, who was, like, okay well, at back best. when Gordon was a rookie, and then uh, uh, Markel Fultz and uh, some of these other young guys. Like, they had young guys yeah, that were good. Aaron Gordon, so again. Up, you know? Like, Aaron Gordon, like, he was a good player. You're not wrong, but, like... You know, are they gonna? Is Aaron Gordon gonna carry you there? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying they had a young, good roster, good enough to be a playoff team, certainly to go deep if these guys stuck together two or three years. But it just, in a very magic way, fell apart for them. Here's the thing: I, I, I feel like it's we never talk about the magic up here. That's it. Last night on TV, I put the magic in because I, I thought Vancouver was significant. It, I, it I, is. I, I actually had, Philly, and they were playing Detroit. I'll tell you this: I had Phillies and Padres in there. To talk some base, you know, just throw something in from a baseball standpoint. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, you know, the games are on Fox. The World Series is going to be on Fox. So yeah. kind of did it from that. You know, nobody cares about the Phillies and Padres around here, probably. But then I substituted it out late once I saw Ben Carroll had the big night and was watching it. I mean, again, they have to do some of that. Yeah. In Orlando, if they're doing sports radio, I guarantee you they talk about the Jags sometimes. Because it's the NFL. Mm. No, there's no doubt. I would talk if, about by the way, if, if, I mean, you talk about the Bucs, it's a little bit uh, well, they better talk about them all. To, they, to they do. They talk about them all. On, yeah. But I guarantee you the Jags come up. In, way more than the Magic come up up here is my point. Sure. They're two hours down the road. And we don't talk about them. Two and a half. That's how yeah. irrelevant they are. It's fair. It would be nice to see them relevant. Like, this isn't like a negative thing on the Magic. I mean, it's been negative. And we know how that works around here. I just would like to see them relevant. I do think some of that has to do with the fact that it's not necessarily a basketball market. I keep going back to this memory because I was so shocked. But when Team USA came through, I think it was with the Redeem team and played at UNF. Because I saw that in the documentary. But I saw them at the arena practice as well. You're talking guys like Kobe and LeBron. Like Hall of Famers. First ballot Hall of Famers. Top 50 all-time guys. I think the arena was like half full. I think if the magic were good, I think you'd see more magic shirts around. I think you'd sure. want people to go down. I think you'd I get. Disagree. I'm not saying it we'll would take be the a show wave. On the road. Yeah, it wouldn't be a wave of it. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to sell that. Okay. I'm just saying. I think you could feel it. I think you could feel it a little bit. It would be worth going down for a trip if they were good for we're a couple of years it. in a row. Get the RV ready. <laughs> the Martin RV. The Martin Mobile. Uh, football at five coming up next. We talk Jags and football at five. On the way on Brett and Friends on ESPN 690. Hey, hey.